Welcome back to the podcast. I'm the host, Sean Boyce, and I'd like to welcome my guest to the show today, Paul Eisenberg, who is the co-founder and CEO of Bringing Hope Home. Hello, Paul. How are you? And thanks for being on the show. Sean, I'm glad to be here. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Yeah, I'm very excited to talk more about your work and Bringing Hope Home, which would probably be a great place to start so that our listeners could become more familiar with you. Can you talk a little bit more about your background and how you became CEO? Yeah, so I went to Westchester University and graduated in 1987, where I went to school and played football and um, got a degree in communications and always had a sales job. Uh, Corporate sales was always kind of my comfort level. I've worked with so many great people at several different companies and always kind of gravitated towards the competitive nature and hitting the quota and starting over every year. And uh, then uh, I'd met my late wife, Nicole, at Westchester. So it's got a deep place in my heart. And uh, she went through a pretty bad illness for six and a half years before it took her life in August of 08. She was had stage four Hodgkin's disease. And we started doing an event called the Great Guy Dinner. And that grew every year. And then we became an organization. And now I'm running it. And it's in some ways, it's really different from a sales job, raising money. But in other ways, it's exactly the same thing as a corporate sales job. Uh, sales to me has always been based on integrity and trying to solve people's problems. And we're, we solve people's problems that we give the money to, that we help people out with. Our donors are the people that we call on. And it's all about making the engagement and the connection with what that donor's feeling personally and how that donor want to get involved. So we never come into a conversation with a donor from a perspective of, we want you to do this. We come in from a perspective of, this is what we do. We help local families with cancer. These are the different ways that we do it. How do you want to get involved and try to make that happen? So that's probably a longer answer than you expected. But No, that's that's just right, I would say. Um, obviously, I'm sorry for your loss. And I'm, I'm excited to talk more about how that you know has led to the impact of what you're doing at the organization. And uh, the football comment uh, was interesting as well, too. I played myself not at the same level. Uh, mm-hmm. I played in high school, and I know we're both big fans of our uh, so far very successful this season Philadelphia Eagles as well, too. And we talked um, about very, that a little bit. Yeah, I'm very excited. They're, I'll tell you what, the Eagles are a we're, – we're fortunate to be connected to several of the teams, and all of them in Philadelphia are very community-engaged, and the Eagles especially – We've been a community partner for over 10 years, and they are so involved and so focused on helping the Philadelphia area community, and they are just really, really wonderful partners as individuals and as a company. Yeah, they're a great organization. It's always so great to hear. Fantastic. Um, Thank you for sharing your background and how you got to where you are today. I'd love to talk more about when you're ready as well in terms of the mission. Uh, for bringing hope home. Yeah, that's that. Our mission is actually formally is to provide unexpected amazingness to local families with cancer, and we do that by providing financial and emotional support to these families in a tough time. The emotional support is to let these families know that they're not by themselves; that people care about them. We try to provide outlets for having them feel part of a greater community, which we define as Hope Nation. And, 
and provide opportunities for them to give back, to speak, to just have fun. We do a lot of events. We do a Phillies game. Phillies are another great organization in the city. And we do a Phillies family reunion every year where we have between six and 700 people that we've helped uh, come for just a fun game. And if you've noticed, I, I use the word family a lot. We don't help patients. We help families. And if you use the patient word in our offices, it's a dollar fine because they're patients to everybody else. They're not patients to us. They're our family. And we work really, really hard to try to remember that and treat that the group of people that we help like true family. And it's it's some of the most gratifying parts of our work is to get so connected with people in a very vulnerable, open way. And just because we just want to help them. We don't want anything from them. You know, I think that's really special. It's, you know, having some experience there myself as well, too, friends and family members. That is a um, difficult time, obviously, for them. But maintaining that family unit and that element uh, is is really important for folks, especially at that time. So I can imagine the impact of your organization is very well received in that regard. Yeah. Um, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you for sharing more detail about mm -hmm. the mission. I'd love for you to share as well, too, in terms of kind of how you do it. You know, the our show here is called Scaling Impact, and that's where we're always that's where we're always focusing in terms of what does that impact look like as your organization is carrying it out and helping these families? Yeah. So when you kind of look at our organization from beginning to end, as I mentioned earlier, we started as an event called the Great Guy Dinner, which is when my late wife was ill. She was a full-time stay-at-home mom. We had two young children. She was going through treatment, which was a pretty big deal. And we had the best of a, of a tough situation. We had a lot of family and neighborhood and church and school and friends support. And it was still really hard. And I remember I would come home and say, you know, because all I did was work and take care of things at home as best I could. And obviously, Nicole was bearing the brunt of it, living her life and trying to get better and doing everything she could. And I would come home and say, you know, I just ran into a great guy today. I ran into Sean. I ran into Mary. I ran into Jimmy. I ran into Jill. And they're great guys. I never, because everybody's a great guy to me. And I, it's like, I never see anybody. And she goes, yeah, I don't really care. Why don't you start an event, invite people that you like, and raise money for a charity? So Tim Sherry, the, our other co-founder, and I started just opening this up to our network. And for eight years, we raised half a million dollars with a great guy dinner uh, wow. for the American Cancer Society. And this year will be our 22nd dinner. We've helped. We've raised. Um, this, this year we'll probably raise. Three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand dollars, and have over five hundred people at a great event. We do it the first uh, Thursday in May, which I think this year is the fourth. You're invited, Sean. It'll be a Springfield Country Club. Thank you. And that's how we started. And the first year we started, we helped ten families and raised one hundred twenty-five grand. Last year was the end of our fourteenth year. We're on a calendar year. So we raised 2.8 million and helped 1,030 families. Wow. And that is an amazing number to me for a lot of reasons. I think number one, that we scaled from, for your mm -hmm. term, we scaled from 10 families to 1,000 plus families. We scaled from raising 125 grand to raising 2.8 million. But the most important thing is I think, I hope, 
I believe that we did it the right way by having these families still feel cared for and to still feel that we are taking seriously the, the importance and the humility that we're able to have and the joy to help these families. That's something that's really, really important to us. So we're in six states now. Uh, we're in, we started out in southeastern Pennsylvania, state of Delaware and South Jersey. We're still in those areas, but we added, we're in all of New Jersey now. We're in Baltimore and the Eastern Shore of Maryland. We're in Southern New York and Southern Connecticut. And it's it's been a journey paved by so many great people who gave of their time, treasure, and talent to help us help more families. We're now at 80, I'm trying to do the math. I think we finished the year at 8,400 families helped since we started. We're probably going to cross 9,000 sometimes summertime, fall, which is crazy, crazy. That is some seriously impressive results. Uh, congratulations, obviously. Order. I got important. such a great, the team that I get to work with every day, and this sounds like, you know, typical cliche crap that you hear people say, but it's the honest to God truth. I work with people that I can't, I'm actually home. I don't feel great today, so I stayed home today uh, to be responsible. And I miss my team. I miss the people that I work with. We just had a one-day retreat where we had great communication around things and how do you grow and how do you solve these problems. And I think that's really important to keep really open communication as best you can. And then Friday, we had we all worked in the half first half, and then we went to one of our teammates' house to make homemade raviolis and had dinner together. And it was just so much fun. And it's really cool. They our our team approaches every day with strict and unwavering passion and compassion and fun to help these families and let these families know they're cared about. Team like that means everything, especially when a mission like this is so important. So it's it's always good to hear and uh, I can, it's, an, it's infectious. I, I get excited when you, when you're talking about how passionate you are about your team and what they've done and how you all work together, something that you, it, it really makes people want to be a part of it basically, which I'm sure is uh is a key element to your culture as well. Yeah. Thank you. It's one of our, one of our, we have five values that we really try to work every day and not only running our business, but enhancing and hiring for, we, we, we focus our number one, Value is integrity, family, accountability, creativity, and fun. I don't want to work with anybody I can't have fun with. I really can't. I just, I just want to. I think, I think like anybody else, we've all worked at places that it was the best place in the world to work, and it was the greatest people. And I've worked in a lot of places like that. And I've, like anybody else, I've worked in places that I learned a lot about what I never want to do if I ever had the opportunity to influence the way a company is run. And I just, we, you know, I just miss my team today. I just really love working with my team. Makes a ton of sense. And I couldn't underscore that sentiment uh, further if I tried, because I wholeheartedly agree that having fun with what you're doing and who you're doing it with changes everything. That's a really important element of the mission. Yeah. Very cool. Love to shift gears a little bit and talk sure. about, I know that uh, you've had great success in recent years with, growing the organization and its impact. I wanted to 
give you an opportunity to speak about what the future looks like from here in terms of plans for scaling and or continuing to expand and uh, dive into any of those interesting details as well. Yeah. So I think the first thing to start with is we we work really hard on the strategy side. We have we're very blessed. We work with a, a professional facilitator and coach who structures our strategic plan every three to five years. They're very active. We do quarterly reports uh, and and check-ins and measurements on that. Um, our overall arching theme for this strategic plan, which we're in our second year of a five-year plan, is to become closer and more have more authentic relationships with our families, our donors, and ourselves. So we're working real hard to do that. There's a lot of things that we put in place. Um, we have a birthday monthly shout out to every family and that we've helped when it's their birthday. And we try to do a, a drawing if the family wants to be a part about it for flyers tickets. We're also a flyers partner and they're great to the community, but something fun like swag or, um, and then we, we made a decision years ago uh, on a couple things that have been really important. The first one is we track and and capture every bit of demographic information that we can on the families that we help. We don't do it because we don't do it and it doesn't impact whether or not they get the help. Like what happened, I guess, let me start here. The families that we help come to us from the social worker at the hospital. We do not pick the families that we help. The families, the only thing we require is that the families that we help are in active treatment, according to the social worker at the hospital or the healthcare institution, and that they live in our six state area, which is on our website. By the way, that's bringinghopehome.org, and it's all listed there. And if the social worker nominates the family and we're able to financially afford to help that family, then they're helped, whether they're, you know, Oompa Loompas with big toe cancer living in North Philly. It doesn't matter to us. We just want to help whoever gets nominated to us. But we we capture as much information as we can so we can see trends in the community. We can find grants that are available if somebody does have big toe cancer or one of our donors says, look, big toe cancer is really important to me. Can I just donate to that? We can accommodate that. So we track all that information. We we're really fortunate to do that. So now when these grants become available, when people have very specific appetites for what their philanthropy wants to be, we're able to accommodate that. That's really important. Um, we also made the decision years ago that where we raise the money, we try to keep it. So we are in six states because one of our corporate donors is Acme Markets, who's phenomenal to the community. And they have stores in northern New Jersey, southern New York, southern Connecticut, as opposed to the greater Philadelphia area, in addition to the greater Philadelphia area, I should say. So we track and keep that money separated for those families in those areas. So when we go and talk to the associates, the managers, the stores, we can say with integrity that the money that we raise at the cash register campaign in the month of March for Bringing Hope Home stays in this area. And we've helped this many families and hear stories about the families who have agreed to let us share it. So that's been a really big uh, positive in growing because I think it's just the right thing to do. 
So is that, is that a good answer to your fantastic okay. answer? Okay. And I, as you might imagine, I've got a couple of follow-ups. <laughs> okay. That's fine. <laughs> love Go ahead. to learn more about that. Yeah. The, I love the idea of keeping track of um, the different combinations of how you've provided that impact and then leveraging that to help tell the story to others that may also want to get involved. Uh, part of what we love to talk about on the show from time to time is any tools or resources that anyone's using to figure out scaling impact or fulfilling their mission for the organization, things like that. I'm curious, how does your team go about tracking any of that effort and then presenting it in different ways? I'd love to learn if there's any tools or resources as part of that that you might recommend for others so that they can you know, essentially learn from you. Yeah, so I think one of the things that I've learned is the importance of systems and process and procedure. I'm a member of Entrepreneurs Organization in Philadelphia, which has been immensely valuable. I would suggest to anybody who wants to grow their business, which is kind of a stupid thing to say. I think everybody wants to grow their business, but um, Entrepreneurs Organization, which is very connected to scaling up and, 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 um, some of the of, of that type of look where it's all about how do you grow, how do you scale? I think it comes down to systems, employees, process, and procedures. And for us, we're a big Salesforce user on the uh, family database front. And we track and measure everything in there. And we're starting to get, we have some, we have a great partner in IGNX who provides us with the consulting hours to help us work on our system, to work on our reports, to get more um, tangible uh, reporting that helps us make decisions. We then use a, a CRM database called Bloomerang, uh, specifically for nonprofits that really has been a, a real refreshing tool for us because it allows us to be connected with our donors more evenly and more freely. And I get a lot more up uh, emails that require me to prompt me for action, which is for a guy like me who's running ADD and doing 25 things is perfect. When I get an email that Sean Boyce just gave $100, I can quick hit you with an email. And it's a big deal where saying thank you is a big deal to us. It's a big deal that we properly recognize someone for their kindness, both formally and picking up the phone. Um, we also have different tools for fundraising that we use. But I think for me, uh, one of the, probably the most important thing for Bringing Hope Home has been the people that we've hired. We hired, um, we went from being myself and three others in a Panera Bread writing checks because we heard about people that need help to put it. We had a, one of our volunteers came in who was finishing his bout with cancer. And we used to take in family nomination forms by fax in 2008. And that probably sounds ridiculous right now, but, and then God forbid if the first of the month fell on a Friday or on a Thursday or a Friday of a long holiday weekend, we would run out of paper. Some of the faxes would, would contain our four-page application. Some of the faxes would contain our four-page application with medical records 
into dozens and dozens of pages. And then if it ran out of paper and we came in the next work day and we filled the paper, then it would just start clicking. We didn't know where we were. Stuff was on. It was horrible. It was horrible. So this, this volunteer had had Salesforce experience. And I don't want to use his name because he respects his privacy, but this volunteer had headed up putting in Salesforce to his company, a financial management firm. And they put our nomination form on Salesforce with a login for social workers. And it was, it was a game changer for us, not only on the organizational side, but it made it more open and readily available to social workers. So now the social worker nominates the families to us on the first business day of the month. So it's this Wednesday in February, I think, is February 1st. So we'll get in anywhere from 60 to 100 plus nominating form, nominations, any type of person, any type of cancer from these families, from these social workers in six states. Those are all great examples. Thank you for sharing, Paul. Yeah, yeah sure. It can make a big difference if you figure out how to leverage kind of these tools and resources, tech, software can really help uh, with bringing down costs, helping you make progress more quickly. And that all uh, impacts the bottom line, which at the end of the day is impact related. So those are all good examples. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, and, and we we will, like, I don't think we do anything earth shatteringly new. Like mm -hmm. we've not discovered anything. You know, we we just try to leverage what's out there. Our marketing is predominantly social media driven. We have somebody in charge of that. Um, our our fundraising is very relationship driven, very event driven, very um, personally touch driven. Like whenever we have an event or at the end of the year, our development team, we just sit and make phone calls for a day. That can be two, 400 phone calls, not to mention writing letters and receipts and all, all the formal stuff you should do. We, I personally think it's really important to say thank you directly to somebody, even if it's a, leaving a voicemail message, which I know I'm old and I'm supposed to do that. But I just, I just think it's tremendously important to say to somebody, whether they gave a dollar or gave a thousand dollars or more, hey, we can't do what we do without you. We we helped a thousand families plus this year because you took the time to write us a check or make a contribution and or play a golf in an event or something. It's it's really important to recognize that, no matter what business you're in. Couldn't agree more. I think it's a very nice touch as well. Also, um, you know, to hear from who you're helping, <clears throat> they can share ideas about where that contribution is going. It really connects a lot of the dots together, which I think is very important. Um, thank you a ton for being here and sharing uh, your story, Paul. Uh, sure. Love to, from here, uh, ask you a little bit more about, you know, who are you looking to connect with more to help with the work that your organization is doing? And how can, you know, where can they go to learn more? I know you talked about the website before, but I want to also get a better idea of where we can direct people, where they can learn more about the organization, its mission, and then figure out how they may be able to get involved and help. Yeah, I appreciate you giving me that chance. We, we're we looking for anybody that wants to get involved with us. They can go to bringinghopehome.org, bringinghopehome.org. Uh, they can volunteer to work in an event. They can get their company involved in the event. If they own a company, they can sponsor an event or just help a family. 
Uh, we're always looking for foundations that do what, you know, play in the space that we play that want to help folks that are going through a hard time and corporations that are looking to do community and volunteer involvement. We're a great avenue for that, but I can't meet enough nice people. So people have a connection to having somebody love or themselves who went through a tough deal with cancer and either struggled economically through it or came through it great and want to help somebody who has a harder time. We would love to hear from them. That's fantastic. Thank you, Paul. And um, I would encourage our listeners and anybody else who has been able to consume this content to uh, reach out, learn more about the organization, see what you can do about getting involved and helping. Would the website be the best place for folks to go, Paul? Website, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, we're on everything. Excellent. And what would be the best way for anyone to reach out to you specifically? Would it be some of those same or would there be any other um, options? They, they can send me an email off the website. Uh, or they can connect with me on LinkedIn. Fantastic. And thank you again, Paul, for being here, sharing your uh, incredible story and the mission of your organization. Looking forward to finding out um, how we can help continue to tell the story, share and spread the message, and then grow the organization from here. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Scaling Impact. I hope you got a ton of value out of it. If you'd like to learn how to scale impact at your nonprofit organization by more than double in less than half the time, I encourage you to sign up for my free five-day email course at nextstep.io forward slash impact. That's nextstep.io, N-X-T-S-T-E-P.io forward slash impact.